it is time to tune up the band and Enoki Bombaye, Enoki Bombaye, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan Reardon and Mele, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hopefully, being joined by a very, very special guest. Fingers crossed they're able to pop in at some point during this, but I won't spoil who it is until they actually pop in. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? What's good about it? (laughs) I'm tired. I'm hurt. I'm almost (laughs) sure. No, I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah, I get, I get. It's I'm all right. I'm all right. It's 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 a bit busy here, but it, it's kind of slowly. It's both ramping up and calming down at the same time, which is a, an emotion. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I am working on very little sleep because uh, I, uh, I I I am delirious. Uh, but also, I was a part of <laughs> finally a part of you. Damn right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the other night, joined by uh, uh joining Justin, uh, Sam, and Melee. Yeah, it was a lot of fun being confused of which. Oh, who, that's me. Who, 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 who was talking to who? Which Sam? Like every time, I was like, is it me? Or is it you in the US, Sam? I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I, I had mean, a lot of fun. I assumed that you were you were. They should have just called you Liquid Sam, and then that would have been it. <laughs> Revolver Sam. <laughs> Solid Sam had all of I had all of the recessive genes. How do you make how do you think that makes me feel, brother? <laughs> I'm now just picturing you and a wee YDR recorded and when they just do the intro, you just go, Brother, it's been too long. <laughs> what do you know about <laughs> Melee Hellboss? <laughs> it was his dying wish. <laughs> it's the Sassy Suceso. <laughs> What the hell do you mean by that, son? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean by that, son? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Now, what the... F- oh, I'm sorry, I have to get this bit what off the now. Fuck is now, 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 what the fuck is Foxstar? <laughs> <laughs> now, what the hell do you mean by the Patriots? What the hell is all oh. that? Incredible stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> What do you mean by the lale lule lo? Um, no, anyway, <laughs> I I had fun. That should be released sometime in the near future. I don't know when, but um, I'm looking forward to having that released. Uh, I'm also looking forward to joining you lot for when you do WrestleMania 19 soonish. <laughs> mm, that'll be gonna be fun. That will be fun for you lot, but I will be up until about I think four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> like you are right now, Melee, but then again, those. that's neither here nor there. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really excited about Elimination Chamber. You, you damn right. Yeah, exposing the business. <laughs> oh, speaking of you damn right, have you still have you still managed to pay back for that Kurt Angle cameo? Or <laughs> are you still doing it? In, oh, are you still it, doing it in one dollar installments? <laughs> yeah, it's still one dollar. <laughs> Oh man, I love it! I love it right now. (laughs) Anyway, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and for ever pending other platforms. You know, guys, just like Inoki was pending his fight with Muhammad Ali, we are always pending 
other platforms, no matter what. Pending Bombay. <laughs> Pending Bombay. <laughs> that needs to be a shirt design now. <laughs> so you know, because that makes absolutely that would make no sense. <laughs> like Bombay means kill him. Uh, yes, kill him. <laughs> Is that it? Was just like put pending execution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, see, now I'm, no, no, I'm, all I'm saying is I know Melee's got a very twisted idea there and I want him to keep that to himself for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get on to, our, to the life and times of Antonio Inoki, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Uh, what have we got this week? Um... Should we start with? Would I like start with AEW New Japan or WWE? Uh, this uh, uh, basically which of the which of the evils would you like most? It depends. Who knows? It depends. Who knows? You know what? <clears throat> let's let's go let's go for let's go for, let's let's start with some New Japan because some big things have been going off. Let's start with Nick Nemeth winning the uh, winning the IWGP Global Heavyweight Title. Oh my goodness! Before you, before you go on, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time. It's been a long time coming. I can finally say, welcome to my master, IQ Wrestler. <laughs> Hey, mate. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, my goodness. It's about time, IQ. Hello there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, how have you been? How are you doing? I uh, just woke up, so... Ah, oh, so you asleep. definitely weren't watching Elimination Chamber then? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I would rather be asleep. <laughs> that is such a mood. That is honestly such a mood. <laughs> Don't blame you one single bit i'm so happy you're here we just started recording so like we're right in the midst of it you just got to the news we haven't started on anoki yet so i'm glad you came in at the most perfect time oh my gosh oh so right nick nemeth yes global champion and i in new japan what is this year (laughs) i i don't know i mean it's already begun it's already begun. He's apparently he's the wanted man of professional wrestling, which I, I can think of many a people Ooh. that are probably more wanted than Nick Nemeth, like Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis. I don't, I don't... <laughs> that that's one way of putting it. That is definitely <laughs> one way of putting it. That is certainly one way of putting it. I mean, I feel like just the concept of I mean, a the whole IWGP global champion thing just confuses me because like what does that even mean it's a world championship chip but just one step lower do they mean the same thing though but do they dan what's the question is yes what's the difference between global and world no what's the difference between world global intercontinental and universal that's my that's my question yeah but at least in intercontinental follows a precedent True. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just the champion of North and South America or or Asia and like Oceania. That's intercontinental. Mm. But the question is if the intercontinental. I mean, Pat Patterson being the first IC champion, did he ever defend it in any other continent other than North and South America? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, speaking in of the, music, um, uh, back in the one. Didn't they work in Patterson 1? A tile in, like, um, Puerto Rico or somewhere? I, I think it's... The... It was some, something like that. It's something like... What was, was it Brazil? I can't remember. He, won, he, won, he, he allegedly won it in a tournament in Brazil or something like that. Which is oh, yeah, the biggest Brazil. bunch of lies in the world. Yeah. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon he won it in a place that was called, like, Brazil, Oklahoma? Oh, probably. <laughs> Brazil, Oklahoma. <laughs> I would Brazil, not Brazil, be... Colombia. It's like those ones where there's places that are called, like, Paris, Texas. Or London, yeah. Ontario. Mm-hmm. I mean, it confuses oh. me that there's a Kent in Canada, but, you know, <laughs> that, that, that as a person who is from Kent as well, like, that, that confuses me. <laughs> yeah. Not even like a specific place in Kent, just Kent. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You, I, I've just done a quick search. Do you reckon you could have won it in the town ta- in the city of Brazil, Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm. that's confirmed. Pat Patterson won the IC title in Brazil, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Uh, that's not the only former WWE star that won a New Japan title, but we won't talk about the other yeah. person because we're not going to talk about the other one because it's so New Japan. <laughs> Why is Tanahashi Who? always the guy that is the person to put over the dickheads? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. Oh. Oh, well. Oh, well. <clears throat> um, should we go over to WWE, Dan? Sure. <laughs> that was your cue, Dan. <laughs> I mean, like... When it comes when it comes to the WWE stuff, I'm like all I never really know about is like the run up to the run up to everything with like Elimination Chamber, where they've just had like they put more focus on like Rhea Ripley and Grayson Waller than I think realistically any promotion should ever. <laughs> well, less so on the Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. I mean, like she's at least cool. You know, they're really they're really like showing out for the absolute Instagram horn dogs out there. There is one person that can confirm that Instagram horn dogginess, isn't that right? Um, IQ. <laughs> well, you know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 we don't discriminate, we're not judging. I think we're all in agreement at the same as well. <laughs> we understand. I can't believe I wasn't booked. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, they they they, they kept up. They, <laughs> they kept up with all of that. Um, we had people starting to do uh, trying to do Nia Jax rehabilitation in 2024. Not having it. Yeah. Won't stand for it. <laughs> right. If you want to be there and say that she's better now, that's one thing. To try and claim that she was doing that she was doing amazingly beforehand and was under pushed. No, I'm not having this. Don't lie to me. <laughs> What were people watching? <laughs> was it, what, I don't know. Did they witness the My Hole segment and thought that was the greatest thing in, in, in pandemic era WWE? That's a, that's, a dis- that's a distinct possibility, but I hope anyone who's ever said that has realised the error of their ways. Let's just remember that she was booked for the <clears throat> World Series of Wrestling, which was going to have Alistair Overeem oh, in the main event, God. if you remember. <laughs> I, 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 I so wish <laughs> that event actually happened, because it would have been such a disaster. <laughs> 
Was it wasn't it Braun wasn't it supposed to be Braun Strowman versus Alistair Overeem? Yes. That's straight out of the Pride FC books. That that's 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 that, a nice that's, that's, yes, that's no. what I'm saying. That's ge- that's generational shit. I'm so apropos as well. We're talking about that, and we're doing an Anoki episode. <laughs> Are you like? Could you could you imagine if we actually got that to happen, and we started having the actual religious Alistair Overeem wrestling run? Moving on, he probably, he probably he probably he probably would have been complete dog shit, but in the best way. Chances are he probably have an MLW booking by now. Really good at it, right? He's a super good athlete. I mean, he. I mean, and also, I mean, in terms of MMA fighters and going over to wrestling, he is the most Roydy Magoo out of the, all of them. Yeah, like he's perfect for it. I honestly. mean, we know, we, we know, we know very well about the Overeem bulk. It's true. It's true. Yes, I.E. and Jesus. <laughs> oh, that, we were we were robbed. We were we were robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's um there's all that stuff. Obviously there's been a whole thing about um no no Roman no rock. People have been calling it a glorified house show. I'll leave that to the people who are uh, have who care about that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of them. Are we saying <laughs> that are we saying that Australia got rock blocked? Possibly. Depending on how much you care oh. about that. <laughs> it's WWF Insurrection all over again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> do we want to go over to AEW for a little bit? Quick summary? Quick summary. <laughs> there hasn't been um, a massive mm-hmm. amount, but obviously the main thing has been the progression of the Sting and Derby stuff. Um, great promo. I found out that apparently that was just done in front of Sting's house. <laughs> okay. Well, like his house, his house just looks like that. <laughs> you know what? That that kind of tracks. The man has earned his money to be able to have a castle aesthetic to his house. I'm just saying. I'm different. I, I like you know, it. You we know, need I, more rich people with absolutely insane houses. I, you know, for, I, I never thought about it, but I either f- figured that like Sting's house would either look like the most normal place in the world, or just straight up Dark City. Like, there's no <laughs> in between. <laughs> I swear to God, I know they're doing the. They just announced the Crow reboot. If he's not a part of it yes. in any way, shape, or form, oh, yeah. that would be the worst. That would be the worst thing. Let him be in the like yeah. uh, in a bar or something. Come on, him and his sons, the clones. It's what, would be, it's what would be right. <clears throat> it is insane how they could just. It is insane how like they could just get one of those guys what to dress as surface thing and do a mirror match. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> Though e- equally as well, I'd rather mm-hmm. not speak about the uh, the crow reboot because I've seen some things about it and I'm not happy. <laughs> same, same. Um. But yeah, that's the that's the main thing. I'm very excited to look forward to the young bucks getting their shit kicked in. <laughs> I mean, who isn't? <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Um, still, lots of really cool stuff. Uh, the hangman stuff, which unfortunately people don't know how to have fun anymore, and ruined it all. As I said online, Handman Adam Page now is is in his Magnum TA phase, and I am all here for his Magnum TA phase. I don't care. He successfully worked people, and then everyone got mad about it. 
he was selling the injury mm-hmm. so well people thought he was legit hurt and then when mm-hmm. like then they went and reported that like he was fine and i'm like no <laughs> that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> got worked that's what I'm saying. Oh, for God's sake! Thank you, Gemini. For God's sake, Melo. <laughs> I should have. I should have known. I should have. Thank you, Gemini. But yeah, though, I think with that, that kind of covers pretty much everything. Okay, lovely stuff. Let's head on over to recommendation corner uh, for this one. Uh, Dan and Reardon, you both have recommendations this week. Would you I like will to go first, Reardon. It's your. It's your segment. It is my second, but you know what? You know what? Guests first. What do you got? Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, my recommendation for this week is going to be uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, nice. I have just started playing through both of them. They are a lot of fun. Um, there are a few bits that are a bit rough around the edges, um, mainly with Like a Dragon Gaiden. It's just like the way the fights work and stuff, but it, it, it's, it's still pretty fun. And I haven't got through like a big chunk of the way but there's a lot of really cool stuff um there's also a really cool video um looking at some of it with kenny omega on GameSpot's youtube channel which is great um and yeah it's just they're both just really really fun times to play of like types of games to play they're they're so much fun nice all right so with my one i've got to <laughs> i gotta ask you guys a question Guys, how how do you feel about Silicon Valley these days? How, how's that going? Well, that's a question I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Are you recruiting? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't even joke about that. I'm just not. No. Well, I recommend to you the work of um of a of a um of a journalist that I've that I've discovered recently called Ed Zitron. Hmm. Who has who has um he has a new podcast called Better Offline. It just came out like literally this week. But I really do re- recommend um Where's Your Where's Your Ed at? Which is his basically his little blog or his newsletter rather talking about like talking basically talking about the tech industry and what the fuck is going on <laughs> it and nice. really it really does feel like there has been like a turning point with just like with just like regular people onto yo this is some bullshit and Ed Zitron is kind of going is basically going yes it is bullshit. And here, here is how it happened. Here is why it's happening. And here's how it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> now, I now I admit it's not the most, like, fun read. But it is the kind of... It is a good read to know that, like, no, you are not being crazy. You're not going crazy. It's actually really well documented. I do really recommend... Um, I really recommend his review of the Apple Vision Pro. Which is a which is really mm. good, and also um, further nice. to that, further to that, um, it is related. I'd also like to recommend an article by Robert Evans of Behind the Bastards fame, one of my personal favorite journalists, talking about how he thinks that like tech AI people are basically in a cult. <laughs> yeah, yes, and it's one of them, It's yeah, and it's 
when you read it, it's like, oh, oh, suddenly a lot of things make sense. So those, those are my recommendations. But AI bros have like big Bitcoin guy energy. They oh, are the same you know people. Oh, they, 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 yeah, IQ, IQ. They are exactly the same. When I say exactly the same people, I mean like quite literally. They just moved on to AI. I feel like yeah, they yeah, from Bitcoin to Bitcoin to NFT to AI. It feels like that it's just a straight line of those dudes. It is a straight line. <clears throat> An absolute circle in that Venn yeah. diagram. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I do really recommend it. There's some really good articles coming on that as people get more and more frustrated and angry about all of it. <laughs> Alrighty. In that case, it is time, with all that done, to move on to an episode I have been looking forward to doing for the very longest time. <laughs> it is time to talk about Antonio Anoki Now... I am not going to do a retrospective on his life because we'll be here for four hours <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to just talk about just how insane this man's life and career was, basically. <laughs> so His life is like the only mm-hmm. thing more crazy than his career. It's, no, literally, literally is. Pretty much. So, I want to forward this question to Reardon. Mm-hmm. As a casual wrestling fan, you have heard the name Antonio Inoki over the past four, five years we've been doing this podcast. What have you been able to gather and think when we mentioned, uh, uh, now, when we mentioned Antonio Inoki? <laughs> I... <sighs> I have thought two things. Well, it's more like um, an observation and a question, really. The observation is that Antonio Inoki is, it's like, is the gravity of which Japanese wrestling kind of revolves around in a lot of ways, or at least modern Mm -hmm. Japanese wrestling. And also a question. Why the fuck was this brother called Antonio? (laughs) <laughs> like it's always kind of like two I, I'm, I'm glad you said that if memory serves me correct there's two reasons uh, as to why his ring name was antonio first was um uh he had he spent most of his adolescence in brazil uh right. and so a little bit of influence came from there and i believe if there was an mm-hmm. om- it was also an homage to another professional wrestler um, I believe it was Antonio Rocker, I believe. Do correct me if yeah. I'm wrong on that IQ. No, you're right. I'm hey, sure there you right. go. I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I'm always kind of, yo, Antonio? Like, not being funny, but what Japanese wrestler calls themselves Antonio? It's uh- just... I believe so it's also an advertising tactic because he was, he was, uh, he was deemed to have uh, to be a very good-looking chap in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah that, that guy is so distinct. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, we've, 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 we've spoken before about how 
just like I, you can tell when someone's trying to play. <laughs> fuck's oh my sake. god! Um, <laughs> you can you can always tell when someone's trying to do a play on Antonio Inoki because simply because of the fact of his face is so visually distinct from any other person in the world. All yeah. Saying, all I'm saying is there's a reason. There's a reason why people try to mimic the jawline and the chin. That thing is distinguished as. Fuck. It's <laughs> not even that it's distinguished. It's distinct. No one else's jawline looks like that. The the man mm-hmm. literally looks like he was he came out of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I mean that in the best way. <laughs> well, the fun fact is, Reardon, I don't know if you know this, but um, Joey Wheeler's smile in Yu-Gi-Oh was actually based on Antonio Inoki's no, smile. But that's entirely tracks. Oh, well, mm-hmm. of course. Look at how defined that man's chin and jawline is. It's now just a triangle. Yeah, now that you say it, I can see it. Oh, my God. Yep, it was, it, it was purely based on Antonio Inoki. <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes so much <laughs> sense now. Anyway, let's go a little bit. I'll do a little bit of a rundown of his early life and adolescence. Born Kanji Inoki, his actual legal name when he passed away was Muhammad Hussein Inoki. I kid you not. <laughs> yes. No, I am aware of I'm aware of that part. I do know about that part. Uh, okay. He was born in February 20th, 1943. And through his life, of course, he was a professional wrestler, martial artist, politician, promoter of pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. He was born to, into an affluent family in Yokohama in 1943, the sixth son and the second youngest of seven boys and four girls. And his father was Sanjiro Inoki, who's a bus- well-known businessman and politician, died when he was quite young, only when he was five. And through that, basically, he kind of went to his siblings and to his mother to kind of uh, be brought up in his upbringing. Um, he was taught karate by his older brother whilst in the sixth grade. And from that, he was able to have a bit of, uh, a, well, as usual case with these retrospectives, and when I do these little things, most people have quite an athletic career. He was, uh, by the time he was in seventh grade, he was one of the tallest in his class. So obviously that means he joins the basketball team. Of course. Yeah, as you do. Oh my God. I never never knew that Inoki was a real hooper. All I'm saying is it makes, (laughs) it kind of makes you laugh when you realize the tallest in his class, but he was five foot 11. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm not saying, and I'm not judging, and I'm not making any presumptions. But I'm six foot, and I was considered the tallest of my class to play basketball. So I'm, 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 guessing, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's probably like what Japanese cultural context, because I feel like generally people are tend to be shorter. I don't know if that's actually a real thing. Mm, I'm not sure either. So he uh, he later quit over the fact that he just didn't really enjoy basketball, and then decided to join the track and field club as a shot putter. Quite successfully, my I add. He actually ended up winning a, a <clears throat> national championships and even high school championships in the tra- in track and field for shot putting. Wow. <laughs> so, come 1957, at the age of 14, the Anoki family fell on quite hard times. And because of that, of course, a lot of factors due to that post-war economy, all of that stuff, the market crash. Anoki and his family all emigrated to Brazil. And ended up um, 
going now, I think up until about the age of 17 that Noki stayed there, but he also took his track and field expertise over to Brazil, winning champion regional championships in shot put, discus, javelin, finally winning the all-Brazilian championships in both the shot put and discus. Okay, so this is one thing I can mention, which is that uh, if people don't know, uh, Brazil has a massive Japanese population, yeah, and it sure. goes both ways. I think they have the. I think I think they have the biggest Japanese population outside of Japan, if I'm thinking correctly. Something like that. All all I say is this: there's a reason why. Uh, th- th- there's an unfortunate reason as to why uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a thing. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Quick sidebar. You know what I'm kind of surprised about with that? That we don't see many like Japanese footballers, like, um, like in Brazil. There are some. More often than not, it's Brazilians going back over to Japan. Remember, I was going to say. Let's remember the 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 <laughs> Alessandro dos Santos, who was a Brazilian that played for Japan. Do you remember him, Dan? Oh right, yeah. I, I, can't, I, remember say, I can't say I, I can't say I know that name. There was Alex Santos was his was his shortened. Name. There, there was some. There was someone else in like the mid twenty tens that that did it. Um, I know that. And then um, I think one of the recent uh, Japanese national team keepers was natively Brazilian. So there is a precedent. There um, is a precedent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it is a thing. It's just not as common. Normally, it's Brazilians go and play in the Japanese league. Right. <laughs> that's if, that's or, very common. Or if you're Shunsuke Nakamura, you play for Celtic. <laughs> well, I mean, Celtic also is the number one place for Japanese players in the UK. They've which got is, a big history of it. Which is really, again, another weird one for Celtic. I mean, what, they have, they have three Japanese players right now? Yeah. Celtic? Um... Makes sense. Yeah, I think they've got. I think they've got three right now. And not to be confused with Shinsuke Nakamura, the wrestler. I just want to add that. No. <laughs> Definitely not Shinsuke Nakamura. Although, if he did play up front for Celtic, I would be quite impressed. I'd, love, start... to, I'd love. I'd love. I'd love to see uh, some some wrestlers kick ball. I was going to say, could you imagine? I'd like Shin... to know who can, who could, can, and who can't. Could you imagine, imagine Nakamura I imagine, playing up front I imagine, by AD? <laughs> I imagine. I imagine. I imagine Gunter is a no nonsense mm. centre back. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timothy Thatcher is a goalkeeper. <laughs> that that, mm. gr- that grimace though that would make strike that would distract. No, strikers. I'll. I'll... I know what I know what I know we're completely off piece right now, but um come on. Timoth- <laughs> I, I wasn't Timoth- expecting Timoth- this. Timothy Thatcher is one billion <laughs> Timothy Thatcher is one billion percent um central defensive mid. He he is the English CDM. He is straight Lee Catamol. He's killing you. He gets the he gets the ball or he kills you. There's no in between. The Duncan Ferguson mm-hmm. of professional wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> right, where was I? I had no idea. Uh, Antonio Inoki. Antonio Inoki, yes. 17, he comes back to Japan and meets up with the famed Ricky Dozan, who is currently running JWA, the biggest promotion in Japan. And he trains in the JWA dojo under both Ricky Dozan and Carl Gotch. And it was through his training. Gotch blast. That Anoki meets Giant Baba, one of the other students in mm-hmm. the JWA. Now, I don't know how long they are to, like 
because from what I've heard that their relationship was kind of um was okay to begin with but it always showed signs of um uh, well kind of professional jealousy there a bit between the two <laughs> big time big time it, it was um if I remember correct it was um it, once it sort of became clear that uh Barbara was going to be the successor to Ricky Dozan. Then the, the jealousy sort of kicked in. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that re it really doubled down after Ricky Dozan's murder as well. Uh, really, I was going to say, really, yeah. I don't know if you know the story of Ricky Dozan's murder. It's wild. Oh, it's shit. absolutely wild. Um, so I'll give you like the cliff notes of, of, of it. Basically, if memory serves me correct, Mickey Dozan was in a bar in, um, oh, I think it was mid sixties. Um, yeah, minding his it own business. About 63 ish. Sixty three ish, and he's in a bar, and I believe it's like an altercation happened between him and a yakuza member. Oh no! And yeah. um, Ricky Dozan stood up for himself. But the Yakuza member came back and stabbed him with a knife coated in urine. What? Yes. Oh. And it was from that and that he, he died. It wasn't actually the wound. Yeah, it wasn't. The it wound. wasn't actually the stab. Yeah. It, it was, was uh, he got sepsis. Yuck. Bro, what? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that is... Um, it's pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> mm. Wow. And, and I, I remember reading a couple times that, like, the altercation wasn't even, like, anything serious. Like, you know, it was, like, it settled down and everyone thought it was no big deal. Everyone was partying, having fun, and this guy goes and stabs Ricky with a pea knife. I... <laughs> well, fucking hell, that's... I, want, I, want, I want that quoted for the, this for this episode basically just like you saying peanut <laughs> i'm so what a way to go damn is... it also helps inform every single time we make a joke about the yakuza being involved in japanese wrestling <laughs> yes so from the fallout of that Barber being kind of like the one push to be the big star of JWA. That meant Anoki was kind of working in under his shadow. I think the next year yeah. he decides to go on an excursion to the United States for a little bit. Mm -hmm. There, uh, if memory serves me correct, wasn't that the wasn't that excursion to the United States where he ended up appearing? What film was it that Anoki had a cameo in? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's um. Isn't he in, uh, is he in The Wrestler? I... No, he isn't in The Wrestler. I would have recognised him no, if he was no. in The Wrestler. Not the 2008 one, the, <laughs> Vern the Vern Garnier one from the 60s. Yeah, the Vern Garnier one. Yeah, I, I swear to God he's in, or is it, no, um, yes, it's that one. I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm sure someone is screaming the answer at us whilst, yeah, we, whilst we're probably, talking yeah. about this. Um, oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, um, he has a long excursion over to the night. That's it. It was the Bad News Bears. That's the one. Holy oh, shit. The yeah, Bad News Bears go to Japan. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I might have my timing wrong, wrong, wrong on that, but I'm so glad that my memory unlocks the, la- the name of the film. It was on the tip of my tongue, guys. So what a poster. Shortly after that, um, he comes back in around 1966 um, and joined, rather than going to JWA, he has a little stint in Tokyo Pro Wrestling. Whilst there, becoming their biggest mm-hmm. star of the company. Uh, not long though, it was because the next year the company folds after turmoil behind the scenes. Coming back to JWA, Anoki was being made as Baba's partner, and the two ended up dominating the tag team ranks for the longest time. I already the, know he hated that. As the PI Cannon is their name, <laughs> winning the NWA international tag titles four times. And I believe, if it was memory serves me correct, it was around 19. Yeah, it was 1971 time where now because the power struggle of both Baba and Anoki is happening and both of them are really it was, it was, it was, there, was a, there was a whole thing where like for each of them their matches were like attached to a certain network or something. It, yes, memory served me I believe it was <clears throat> if it was I it was like I... different different companies wanted to show different ones matches. I think it was Anoki... or some weird thing like that. Anoki, I believe, was TV Asai, and I think Baba was Nippon TV, if memory serves me correct. Which is like, a, which is a wild concept that TV networks are fighting for individual wrestlers' matches. <laughs> Could you imagine if the USA Network, in the middle of the attitude, were like, "We only want Stone Cold"? <laughs> oh my god! That, yeah, that would be that would have been weird as We spot, only yeah. want Stone Cold, and then Fox only want The Rock. <laughs> and actually, um. It continued like that when they separated, right? Yeah. And New Japan was on Asahi. Yeah, yeah. And New, New Japan New was Japan's on still TV Asahi now. Yeah. So because mm. they're the ones who they're the ones who fucking copyright claim everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, like you? <laughs> we know that all too fucking well. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> so yeah, he was fired from JWA in late '71 for planning to take mm-hmm. over the promotion, and because of that, yeah. JWA now being in absolute disarray, they both Barber and Anoki split off with Barber fi- fi- uh, founding All Japan, and of course Anoki in 1972 mm-hmm. founding New Japan Pro Wrestling, and his first the first card being a big one with the main event being him against Carl Gotch. Mm. Uh, so, this is where we really kind of get to see the credo and the uh, and kind of like the mission statement for Antonio Inoki when he forms yeah. all, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He wants to make pro wrestling a legitimate martial art. And from this... Or a <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 from this, he ends up having uh, what can only be described as, um, I guess you could say, the progenitor of mixed martial arts batshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if memory serves me correct, like I'll go over like a few famous ones. Uh, one of the very first, uh, well, like the one of the very first famous ones was against a Pakistani uh, uh, wrestler known as Akram Bahalwan. In a special rules match, the what was supposed to be a worked match turned into a shoot very quickly after Akram started biting Anoki on the arm, and and Anoki decided that's not gonna work for me, brother, and started poking him in the eye. <laughs> 
So uh after I just it- love how so much of so much of Inoki can really be put down to man with aggress with man with aggressively large but also backed up ego and just being on smoke. Yeah. <laughs> like straight yeah. like straight up. I the more I read about Antonio Inoki, he really is the black Air Force One of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Same year in December, what I want to put out, he ends up fa- uh, facing a uh, famed judoka, Willem Ruska. <laughs> that was a big one. That was a very big one, may I imagine. Yeah. If, memory, if memory serves me correct, Anoki wins by, uh, I think, with a succession of back suplexes that he kind of gets from <laughs> Ruska. <laughs> Yep, yeah, yep, you're right. He just dumps him on his head and then several times. Fucking suplex him until he's like, no, I can't do anymore. That's my kind of submission. <laughs> the the su- the submission of brain damage? Yes. <laughs> just keep suplexing them until they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> of course, this brings us to next year in December of 1977, where Antonio Inoki faced off against former strongman turned pro wrestler, the great Antonio. Oh, no. Uh, now, oh, no. now, the great Antonio was infamous for doing one thing during his matches, no selling his opponent's offense. Oh, that, that should be fun. So I'm sure nothing can go wrong against a man who has the skills to back up his enormously large ego. <laughs> so Antonio <laughs> begins no selling Anoki's offense, his punches, his kicks. He starts kind of like hot dogging and grandstanding to the audience, battering at his belly, telling him to bring it. Anoki, I think in that in in one moment sees red, snaps, and decides <laughs> to shoot on the great Antonio, retaliating with severe stiff palm strikes. It's it's the oh you're not gonna sell for me i'm gonna make sure you fucking sell <laughs> and absolutely hold, hold I this close fist the, uh, <laughs> i think it's probably the hardest anyone has ever shot yes on another person oh, oh yeah in a wrestling he, he he does it to make a point out of him he's like if you do this against yeah. me this will happen to you he repeatedly kicks him <clears> in the face until his his face is hamburger meat reardon yeah, that's how it goes. The match was. The thing is, I, I would, I would, I would love to watch this on stream, but there's just no way we'd be able to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Tap me. Can we? Can we do? Can we do a match? Can we do a match review stream of Antonio Noko as the great Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Another famous match, of course, is the is the 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 notorious phantom title change of the WWE title in 1979. So, mm. Anoki, uh, Bob Backlund versus Antonio Inoki in November of 1979. Antonio Inoki is victorious, wins the championship. He is now WWE or WWF champion. Only, I believe, I think it was a couple of weeks later, he then win, uh, Backlund wins it back uh, from Inoki. And to this day, I still believe that they don't recognise it as an actual title change. They don't recognise it. No, they don't, yeah. It's like, it makes no sense, right? Exactly. Like, why not recognise that? There there was a thing about allegedly, like, Backlund was in on it. I mean, 
Oh, very no. hilarious. Very hilarious to look at rest to look at wrestling and and then make an issue because he said that the result was fixed. <laughs> <laughs> the two both men were inside were, were on the inside on it. <laughs> oh yeah, I I remember yeah, reading a thing saying about apparently like, like yeah. apparently like yeah, Backland was like in on it and was like, oh, this will be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we get on to a little bit, I want to back. I want to go back a little bit, a few years, and talk about probably the most famous moment in Antonio Inoki's career, and possibly the one thing that kind of started what we know today as mixed martial arts. Everyone, it's time to talk about what was billed as the War of the Worlds, Antonio Inoki versus Muhammad Ali. If there's one thing you everyone knows about Antonio Inoki, it's Definitely this event for sure. Right. Oh my god! What what do we say? What what can we say about this, everybody? Okay. Welcome, welcome to a man's shins getting turned into dust. So, <sighs> I there's so much I can say because Muhammad Ali is one of, is one of my personal heroes. <laughs> so, but. One thing that well, I wouldn't say isn't forgot, it wasn't like forgotten, but I think is kind of understated is just how much of a showman Muhammad Ali is. Mm. Like, we all know it, but there's a difference between like being the master of, frankly, the master of wrestling promos, let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And being like, no, 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 no. Muhammad Ali, for whatever reason, is a straight up fucking carny. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, 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 oh, for, like, yeah. now, now. <laughs> Reardon, have you heard of this thing called boxing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do remember but, this what? is the same boxer that fought, uh, fought Superman, right? You do realise this. Yes. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am well aware and one. <laughs> So just to be clear, because Muhammad Ali is Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Rest in peace, goat. But um, so it's kind of like, why did he do this? I I think that's people sometimes like outside of all of this kind of ask, why would Muhammad Ali do this? I think the better question is, when was Muhammad Ali going to do this? Because he probably would. I was gonna say, I think the real question is, why wouldn't Muhammad Ali do it? Yeah, like like. If it wasn't for the fact that he was, I think, retired at the time, Muhammad Ali would have absolutely tried to fight Fort Bruce Lee. It would have abs- he would have absolutely tried to have made that happen. He would have needed that. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if he did try. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that it wouldn't surprise me if there was at least a conversation. Because that's Yeah, just, oh for sure. That's just what the man was like. It's it's yeah. weird to say that him and Anoki are kind of kindred spirits but they kind of are oh they absolutely are there's no denying it just but having all of that being said yeah there was no other way this match was going to go out because antonio noki is smart enough not to get punched in the face by muhammad ali the thing was obviously they, they set up the rules for this and they were like no grappling but then like they just like yeah, you can, you can, you can strike, and, and then Muhammad, and then Inoki saw that and was like, "Yeah, hold this, hold this leg kick, though." 
Consider the story. Oh god. The story I'd heard about the rules is that there were like six or seven changing sets of rules and the rules were still changing the day of the fight. So originally it was going to be like straight up, a straight up fight. And then Anoki's people were like, actually, maybe there's some rules on punches. <laughs> and then Ali's people were like, actually, maybe you're not allowed to grab Muhammad Ali and rip his arm off. That might be a bad idea. And like I think <laughs> I think they had come to an agreement that Judo Gene was gonna blade uh Muhammad Ali. Yes. Or Inoki, I can't remember I can't yeah. remember which. And I think they were gonna I, stop the from fight. from from what I understand, I think it was Muhammad Ali. Because from what yeah. I because I from per um ringmaster, I, if I'm thinking correctly. I believe Vince McMahon claimed that he that he was going to like that he went up and attempted to do it to Muhammad Ali, which is a lie yeah. because he would have died. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's nonsense. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my god. Okay. But, I, yeah. Again, that's a, another thing I, I I tend to like uh, rem like uh, not remember as well because of the sheer. The, the sheer silliness of this whole thing. Yes, Gene LaBelle was the referee for this match. Crazy. <laughs> oh, so, I, man, I love the story behind it. It's like, uh, I believe Ali was like a, um, like a little reception event that was being held in America. And I believe it was the president of the Japanese Amateur Wrestling Association was also there. And he was just, and Ali was yeah. just bragging to him the whole night, going, "Is there anyone in Japan who will challenge me? I'll give him a million dollars if he wins." He didn't realize that <laughs> there was someone there named who was just as insane as he, him. Who didn't, who yeah, didn't he, he, there was he, someone there who heard that and went, "I bet." Yeah, did not. He did not <laughs> contemplate that there might be someone as insane as he is. <laughs> and this is, and uh, look, this this whole thing. This combination of this this whole thing, the match, the background, the fallout from it. God damn it, it's the reason why I love Anoki so much. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, you can't argue like you can't argue with someone who is genuinely that crazy to go and do it. Yeah. Like, you you just gotta yeah. be there and just go, you know what? Fairs. Yeah. Like Like Yeah, you know what? That is a that's a really good point because especially these days. We see so many, like, puffed up, puffed up tough guys. Mm. Who's, yeah. You see so many of them online, so many of them, and they're always selling something. Antonio Noki is different. He is selling you something, but he also practices what he fucking preaches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He, is, he is many, he is many things. Is he a liar? Yeah, but he isn't a liar about that kind of thing specifically. He's a he's isn't a liar, but he's but yeah, he's a liar, but he's not a charlatan. Yeah, yeah, that's the best yes. way. Yeah, that's the best exactly. way of putting it. It's it's probably the perfect reason as to why he went into politics. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is a political speech if not just a wrestling promo? Really. 
that that is something that I really wish I knew. I wish I knew more about like Japanese politics, so I could actually like. And I don't. I don't know if you guys know how was he as a politician. I I I I don't know. Well, he was in several parties, uh, political affiliations and parties for the longest time. He started his own, I believe, called the Sport and Peace Party back in the late eighties, and I believe that was the party, Reardon, that uh, that brought together collision in Korea. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> you so want that to be an episode, Melee. I want it to happen. <laughs> Again, I've said if people pay us money, we'll do it. <laughs> but you got to pay us. But yeah, after the Sport and Peace Party, I believe there was a few others. Uh, ones being, I think it was the Japan Restoration Party, the 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 Assembly to Energize Japan. I believe his last political party was the Democratic Party for the People. I mean, I feel like the only thing I can say is. Uh, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know you have the information up right now. Was Antonio Inoki not at one point involved in a hostage exchange, possibly involving Saddam Hussein? So it was, I believe it was 1993 <laughs> that I believe um, two Japanese... Um, it was uh, like two Japanese nationals were... were were in Iraq. Detained. Were detained in yeah. Iraq and held hostage. And Antonio Inoki successfully negotiated with Saddam Hussein for the release of Japanese <laughs> hostages before the outbreak of the Gulf War. It was then, like... after that, I kid you not, I'm glad we're going into politics with this, that he successfully and personally organised a wrestling event to be held in Iraq for the purpose of freeing 41 captive Japanese nationals. Okay, okay. So I have a very important question here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Is this the same situation that Muhammad Ali did? Because Muhammad Ali yeah, also basically. did this. <laughs> yeah, pretty Again, much. injured spirits. <laughs> injured fucking spirit. You, you wanna, I would have loved to have been... I, w I really do hope that Muhammad Ali and, and Inoki met again. We're just yes. kind of, I, just, I just compared notes about having both of them having to having to deal with hostages. I'm glad you said that, Reardon, because it's just it's just like I, have, I feel like I can't I can't express how you know like some people in history are just straight up built different. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. Like Ali and Anoki both very firmly fit into the built different category. <laughs> yeah. As I said, Ridden, I'm glad you said this because both Anoki and Ali would once again team together to take part in Collision in Korea. And there it is. The two-day wrestling festival for peace taking place in Pyongyang, North Korea. If anything was a ginormous propaganda event for the country of North Korea, but for Eric Bischoff, it was one up on WWF like, to be the biggest house shop, the biggest gate, I guess, in a wrestling event. There is, ever. there is part, there is part of me that has a look at Antonio Inoki's wrestling legacy and also go, so he's basically kind of not the inventor, but certainly the popularizer of sports washing. Uh, hmm, I don't know. I. <laughs> That's a big thing to give even a Noki. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, he certainly didn't help, but one of the <laughs> one of the let's let's put it that way. He he played his part. He played his part. 
But uh, I want to like preface this as well, like going over this and stuff by saying that uh, that the you know the the situation in North Korea is absolutely abhorrent and horrible, and uh, no one should be taking like making fun of that situation. And there's a reason as to why so many people and natives do flee the country. It's a horrible regime of what's going on over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, but this event is a is is one of the it's one of the weirdest um silliest like events i have ever seen not only just in pro wrestling but just in general i mean i, I feel like I the, have when, we, when we had the story when we had the stories from dark side of the ring about like them all like just trying to like kill each other and stuff just because they were just hated it so much oh god sorry dan Dan. but like it like it's genuinely insane just conceptually that and it's it's a very antonio thing that your idea for improving relations with a hermit state is to host a wrestling show there (laughs) so yeah fun a couple fun facts i say fun but a couple of facts that are quite i'll have to admit a little bit funny so there were supposed to be two guests of honor for Collision in Korea that Antonio Inoki was going to bring over to, with him to Pyongyang. Muhammad Ali and yep. Michael Jackson. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. He could only now, get Ali, wait, though. Coll- Collision in Korea was 1995. Five? Five? Yes. There's yes. no way he's, getting, he's, got, he's got, managed to get Michael Jackson money for, in 95. Yeah, just just not happening. <laughs> so, that another fact was that Muhammad Ali, I believe, during one of the uh, the the um, the dinners that uh, they were invited to uh, by the North Korean government, I believe Muhammad Ali at one point said out loud to everyone in the room, including the North Korean delegates, there, "This is the reason we hate these motherfuckers." <laughs> to which Ric Flair said, "I'm not leaving this room. I am going to die now." <laughs> I, I I I always knew Ali was a real one. <laughs> oh gosh! If memory serves me correct, this was the exact same event uh, event where Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto. Yes. Yes. And from what I've heard, I think I think stories of her have been heard that Proceeded. they could be heard to proceed to absolutely go at it like rabbits for the next few days in their hotel room. All right. I, I can't remember who. I can't remember who it was. Oh yeah, go ahead. Do you think that Muhammad Ali was laying in his hotel bed <laughs> listening to Hokuto and Kensuke just? <laughs> going to town <laughs> and he was like god damn i like to think that actually enoki and enoki and ali were given like the super super private suites and were like 19 floors above the rest of them um, I, but yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember hear. who it was that it could still be <laughs> <laughs> um but the, the two concepts I like to think about this are, one, I can't remember which wrestler it was, but they specifically used the phrasing, um, Sasaki and Hokuto proceed to have loud and very aggressive sex. Yeah. <laughs> and me, the entire time they were in their rooms, they were being observed by North Korean government officials, which means there, is a North, there was a North Korean government official that just had to stand there and hear that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for me, like I, that was his job for the day. <laughs> see, for me, I, I, regarding that question, I, I, I have two. There are two options in my mind. One, either Muhammad, they, either Muhammad Ali and Anoki were too busy having the world's slowest version of the third fight between mm. between Apollo and Rocky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just a sl mm -hmm. basically that fight in slow motion, or two, Muhammad Ali and Inoki were too busy trying to work their way into the no to the North Korean government to see whether they could fight Kim Jong Il. <laughs> mm -hmm. I and honestly, I think the second one is the most likely. Ah. <laughs> uh. man, and you guys don't want to watch Collision and Grabs, kid. <laughs> 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 well, again, I'm just saying. The, the, we have to be paid. For me, still the wildest thing is that Scott Steiner was there, and World War Three did not start because of it. <laughs> yeah, no, <you're> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Okay, this brings us to the end of Anoki's wrestling career. His, his active wrestling career as part of the final countdown of series. His, 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 his retirement tour that lasted four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. Of course, the story. We, we had, of course, at this time he had his, uh, uh, he had a couple of matches and the conclusion of his trilogy of matches with uh, Big Van Vader, which I've kind of glanced over. But actually, I will say this, that's possibly one of my favorite rivalries of Anoki's was between him and Vader. They just had, I, I, just magic in a captured lightning in a bottle. I mean, their first match was so infamous with Vader absolutely destroying Anoki in a few minutes that it got New Japan banned from the Budokan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real worker. It was a riot. Because it was a riot. I believe people started setting fire to the to the actual pillows in the Budokan and throwing them to the into the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was like one of the only times I think Anoki got squashed. Yeah, the yeah, one of the yeah. very few times. But he knew, he knew, he knew when to do it. And to do it for <laughs> oh, Leon White. Did, yeah, <laughs> do it for Leon White and no one else. <laughs> he also during this time made a rare appearance in WCW in a sleeper television title match against Stephen Regal uh, at Clash of Champions. Oh, such a good Bang. match. I need to watch it. If memory serves me correct, I believe Regal has got a record for saying that he absolutely, uh, he absolutely twatted me at one point, and then I realised that oh crap, I'm in the ring with Anoki. <laughs> what event was this? Clash of the Champions, twenty eight. I want to say twenty seven or twenty eight. The last okay. match of his professional career took place on the fourth of April, nineteen ninety eight. I want. I know IQ probably knows the answer to this, but I want Dan and Reardon to try and guess who his final opponent was. Muhammad Ali again. <laughs> no, even crazier than that. Um, Kevinito. <laughs> Kevinito. I wish. I wish. El Santo. No. No. Um, um, uh, Inoki's final match. Uh, that happened. It's probably happening around what 
2000-ish, 1998-2000-ish? It would be, yeah, it was uh, 4th of April 1998. Is it's... it, wait, is it, is it actually a wrestler? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Like but, he thought, but he might be something else, brother. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Really uh, he went absolutely <laughs> insane and decided he decided decided he'd have a match with Fedor Emelianenko. <laughs> oh no, that would have been a that would have been a hell of a match. I would have loved to see that. No, all right, I'll 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 I'll, I'll stop it. I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop blocking you any longer. He faced in his final official match the Predator Don Fry. <laughs> Oh, what? I should have guessed that. What yeah. in the hell? That's unfathomably based. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't end up like the match she had with Takiyama in 2002. But you could, oh. you could dream. Yeah, but that's that's that, that, that's because that's because I know he would. I know he would never do the agreement that Fry and Takiyama had. This is true. true. Fry was there and was like, "I can hardly move," and said, "Do you want to just stand there and punch each other?" Takiyama went, "Yeah, sure, dude." <laughs> <laughs> so that that you is... like the match, Sam. Oh, so, sorry, uh, sorry, Uncle. Do you like the match? Have you seen it? I have seen it. <laughs> it is... Alright, I, I have to admit, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. Because it's pretty much just like, this is Anoki's, like, thoughts and feelings on pro wrestling and mixed martial arts encapsulated in a wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, I don't get, you yep. can't deny it. You can't deny that this man... Still had it even in 1998. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, right? So freaking wild. If memory serves me correct, but as I say, his official match, he ended up having like bit spots in exhibition matches after his retirement. Uh, one of the more f uh, like few of the famous ones, uh, I think it was in 2000. It was a memorial uh, event for Ricky Dozarm, and he was defeated in a match. By Japanese actor and singer Hideaki Takazawa. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Or professionally known as Taki, as his as his as his stage name is. He got beaten by the Takis. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you would after having three or four of them. Let's be honest. In one go. <laughs> uh, he ended up, he ended up in a New Year's event as well, facing off against Enzo Gracie in a time limit draw. <laughs> <laughs> he teed with the great that was sus like, um, oh god so yeah that was like grappling rules right yeah it was it was like a it, it was like a like um the best way i could describe it for modern fans it was like the zsj shibata match where it was kind of like a, a, a more of like a grappling exhibition yeah uh more than mm -hmm. anything um the, the next match after that he teamed with the great sasuke to defeat giant silver and red and white mask the interesting name and of course, he would end up having the very final match. He would end up facing Tatsumi Fujinami as part of Fujinami's retirement ceremony, which didn't last very long because, as everybody knows, Fujinami still wrestles every so often. <laughs> <laughs> so, with everything all said and done, of course, 2005 comes around. Anoki's still a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is fully now doubled down on his what he likes to deem, or what fans deemed, Anokiism. Now, people are split as to how people feel about this time period for New Japan Wrestling. Me, 
and IQ are in the camp of Anokiism absolutely fucks, and I will not hear otherwise. <laughs> Listen, there is a reason why Bob the Beast Sap is a cultural icon in Japan. It was because of this time period. Now, is he a great wrestler? No, but is he the perfect Anoki wrestler? You're damn right he is. You're damn right. Yeah, I from everything I know about Anokiism. It it looks like it was built genetically in a lab for your interests alone, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> what better than watching a bunch of a bunch bunch of mixed martial artists and pro wrestlers, both extremely way out of their depth, just wailing on one another? I love it. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> Again, I don't. It's know as good as pro wrestling you ever got. It, you're right, and I, I say I will not hear otherwise, especially from Dave Meltzer, considering it the worst company in the world. True, Thank Pride was started. in Pride was right in the right in the midst of its popularity, but we all know the reason as to why it was so popular was because of the Yakuza. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember the Yakuza definitely Allegedly. weren't involved. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, punch in the shoulder. Allegedly. But also from this as well, that Anoki would end up putting on like crossover events during this time. Uh, mm. Most notably, the famous one being the Anoki Bombaye events. Uh, most famous over here and on online for having the congregation of hundreds of people standing in a single file line waiting to be slapped in the face by Antonio Anoki. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best thing in the world, and it's one of those things where I kind of wish I went to Japan just so I could be slapped in the face by Antonio yes. Noki. <laughs> guy like me not selling. Oh, gosh. So, with 2005 coming around, New Japan in the doldrums financially, and with Pride, of course, and mixed martial arts being the huge popular thing for Japanese television, Antonio Inoki sells his shares to New Japan Pro Wrestling, to Ukes of all companies. Yes, the same Ukes that developed the WWE SmackDown games. Uh, he knew ball. He knew ball. <laughs> you can see the vision. <laughs> of course, post New Japan, we know that Anoki goes on to form the IGF, the Anoki Genome Federation. Yes. Unfathomably based promotion, by the way. The company way. that gave Brock Lesnar the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I'm still oh, trying to, I'm still trying to find that IGF. I'm still trying to find that IGF yeah. uh, Jinder Mahal match. I'm yeah. still hunting for Which, it. I'm a still what? trying. To, yes, there is a there is a Jinder Mahal Jin, IGF. Jinder Mahal match. had one match in IGF uh, in like 2014. I always knew wow. his peak. <laughs> I also like. Was... I'm 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 still searching for it, but I cannot I'm find it. I can't. I know the match happened. I also want to bring up IGF for a few reasons. One of them being that they gave us uh, Josh Barnett in more of a pro wrestling kind of role instead of his usual kind of like mixed martial arts sort of thing. He had a great match mm. with Bob Sapp in IGF. So, and again, I won't hear otherwise about that. <laughs> um, this also brings yeah. one of my favorite moments of Antonio Inoki absolutely losing his shit. It was a match with Doc Gallows mm -hmm. versus The Predator. I believe it's oh, Sylvester Turkai. <laughs> the match is the drizzling shits so much so that Antonio Anoki comes out angry as fuck going stop the match bullshit and starts swinging chairs into the ring <laughs> wow 
I believe Doc Gallows was um, quoted as saying, I just wanted to get the fuck out of there quickly, so we ended the match <laughs> quite hastily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love wrestling. Understandable. Okay, sorry, this is just for Melee, because Melee didn't seem to believe our saying. Um, match to IGF Genome 33 and IGF Genome 34 in May and June 2015. Um, Jinder Mahal as Raj Singh wrestled two matches for the company. Based. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I, I love that moment so much because it's just the pure anger in Loki's voice. He's not even saying, like, he's speaking, he is shouting in English. Bullshit! <laughs> Get up! How many punches does he break? A man, so, a man so angry he switches to a second language. Yeah. Don't you wish more promoters would do that when a match sucks? Minus throwing their quads, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, that match didn't suck though. <laughs> <laughs> the spot was terrific, though. You have to admit the the botch yeah. spot with them both landing at the same time was terrific. It, it's it's mm-hmm. actually it's legitimately a great spot. Like honestly, yeah. Anyway. I kind of wish Tony Carr would come out and go, "Do it again, do it again." <laughs> Oh god! Oh man, I have uh, no. That was one of my the funniest moments. I love that moment so much. Okay, final bits and pieces of Antonio Inoki's career. In 2010, WWE induct him into the Hall of Fame class of 2010. He was understandable. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame by Stan Hansen. Can't think of anyone more any more anyone more based to induct him into the Hall of Fame than Stan Hansen. I mean, it would have been funny as fuck if Barber was still alive. That would have been funny as hell if they got Barber <laughs> to induct him. Should have got Don Fry. Oh, they really should have. <laughs> By the way, I think at that time they still had, I think they had Fujinami in the Hall of Fame, so surely they could have had Fujinami or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2017, he leaves IGF to form his own new company known as ISM. They would hold their first mm-hmm. event in the in June of that in June of 2017, and eventually, I think I don't know if they're still going. If memory, I don't I don't know for the life of me. Um, but yeah, and pretty much after that, he then starts to double down on politics. And as I said, his last party in 2019 was for the Democratic Party for the people. Rather polarizing mm-hmm. figure in the world of politics in Japan, from what I've heard. That's all I can imagine. I like. As most people saw him as a pop culture icon and a wrestler first, and not necessarily a politician second. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine it's the same kind of feelings Americans have with Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor. Yeah, pretty much. The yeah. most American of Americans, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that guy, if that I mean, honestly, you could like Arnold Schwarzenegger is the epitome of the American dream. Mm. Like, not, mm. not that's not even a joke. He just is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So he ends up retiring from politics eventually in 2019. And as we all know, he ends up um, having quite ill health from about 2020 uh, onwards. And as we all know, in 2022... Antonio Inoki passed away at the age of 79 with one hell of a legacy and a life behind him, may I add as well. Yeah, that's for damn sure. There's a reason why now he is considered the one and only true president of New Japan Pro Wrestling now after his his passing. Man, Mm -hmm. 
I that I've only I barely scratched the surface on the man. There is so much to talk about from his kind of as I said his pop culture icon status in Japan being in commercials, TV shows, mm. films. I've not even talked about the impressionists Reardon, especially my favorite one and Tokino mm. and Inoki. Mm. Oh god. <laughs> Who, by the way, and Tokino Inoki was there as one of the guests of honor at Inoki's funeral. <laughs> That's awesome. I mm-hmm. love. That I believe what? there is a picture. There is a picture of of. I think it was Chono Muto, uh, Fujinami, Shinsuke. There, Shinsuke, and right there is Antoki no Anoki, the impressionist. <laughs> I love what? it so much. What is there to say about Antonio Anoki other than the he brought his impressionist? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He is the promoter that every wrestling promoter and booker strives and wishes to be. That's all I'll say on a note. Definitely. Barber could never. <laughs> See, Barber had to Barber had to go different. He had to make he had to basically make everyone dump each other on their heads to to, to yeah. go on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want to give the final kind of word and thoughts on Tony Inoki. I want to give that to to our guest, to to IQ. The floor is yours. Mm. Thoughts and feelings on the life, man. the career, and the legacy of Antonio Inoki. Oh man, I could go for like three hours on this. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you said, you barely scratched the surface. It's like he did so much. Where do you even start? Um, I guess it's like, man, I think the big thing that gets misunderstood about him is like what he, what he was trying to do with like, with New Japan. I think it gets really misunderstood. Like, I think I remember a couple of years before his death, he did an interview where he got asked, like, Strong Style is more popular now than ever. You know, it's big in the United States, these kinds of things. And his response was, Strong Style doesn't exist. It's dead. It was my... It was basically his philosophy that... Pro wrestling is a martial art, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what he was trying to do with all, with like, rap, with fighting Ali and all these things. He was trying to show that pro wrestling or catch wrestling is a real martial art. And I think there's a lot of that in like the Enochism era, mm. amongst all the silly stuff, <laughs> like Giant Silver, wrestling the Great Kali. Look that one up if you've never seen it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, uh, but it's like, he, he had a very specific idea of what wrestling is. But I think people still misunderstand a lot and that's okay like you know 
His legacy speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. But, like, Strong Style isn't standing in the ring, elbowing each other, you know, for 10 minutes. Like, you, people get that idea wrong. <laughs> and, like, Sam, I think, would you agree with me that what people consider Strong Style now is actually much closer to what Barber was doing, right? Yeah, like feels, King's Road. It feels more King's Road than it did, like, Anoki's, you know, credo of a legit martial art. I mean, I feel... I feel only a select few wrestlers nowadays are kind of really kind of understood and kind of carrying the legacy yeah. of strong of of the actual strong style like barnett is one of the very few i would say um and through sheer osmosis of being trained by by barnett i think timothy thatcher is another person that is keeping like the strong style pro wrestling alive but yeah it feels like it melded more into king's road um from the turn like yeah. the turn of the decade in the 2010s yeah i mean i guess in the end like you know enoki wins again right yeah <laughs> like, Damn right. like giant Bar like giant barber's style of wrestling is well we'll just call it strong style <laughs> we'll give it enoki's name Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's crazy. He he's a wonderful kind guy. Like, there's never gonna be anyone like Anoki again. No way. Not not in a million years. I mean, I love. I mean, from everything I've known about him, I love the guy. But maybe that's for the best. <laughs> I would feel like Shibata is the closest I think we're ever gonna get to another Antonio Anoki. I feel. Uh, but I, but we were almost robbed of Shibata as well. As, so, as a wrestler, yeah, like as as strictly a, a wrestler, yeah, I think Shibata was damn close to mm. being a clone of Antonio Anoki. Exactly, exactly. He took me... his brains out. <laughs> this is. Hey, I, I I look forward to seeing what Ren the Rita does. Even though right now he is in. Not the most uh, best of positions where he is currently storyline wise in New Japan, but I could dream. A guy could dream. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Well, I think that is a good that is a good way to end this episode. Before we get on to do the whole spiel for for the stuff and say goodbye, I just want to say uh, just a personal one as well, and just like how much it's been an honor to finally not only get to talk with you iq but to be on the sweet chinwag finally thank you so much i really do appreciate it that's my pleasure mate like it... we've been gonna do it for so long <laughs> i know it's been a long time coming as a person who has just like loved and admired your work for the longest time eventually then co-collaborating on stuff i'm so glad Joseph made yeah. that happen. Danelle finally being here. It feels like it, it's been a long time coming, and I'm so I'm so happy it's finally happened. Me too, man. The, I was going to say, if I had the camera on right now, you should have seen the giant grin I've had on my face this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, as well, just as a little tease, 
everyone kind of has been hearing it on episodes if you're listening to it. I'm really looking forward mm. to uh, Joseph's next project when it does get when it does go live. Mm. Very excited to see uh, people's reaction to it. I know that uh, yourself and Joseph were very. Um, uh, I think we're very uh, we're very pleased, very happy with how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> I was blown away, man. Like I was jealous. I was like, oh, I oh. couldn't do a good, that good of a job. Ah. Wow. Um. As wow, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, as a person that I've loved uh, and admired work, job. I've loved and admired for the longest time. To hear that, uh. oh my god. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just jumped out of my chair. Anyway, oh, IQ, <laughs> uh, socials. What you've got coming up? Projects? Anything in the future? The floor is yours. Promote away. Uh, you can just follow me on Twitter <laughs> at IQ Wrestler. Based. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I still upload to YouTube sometimes. I sort of put it on the back burner because YouTube sucks now. <laughs> um, fair, fair. Damn you, Messiah. But I'm working on. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm making a Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pitman highlight. Oh, that's. That is. Based. I feel like if I don't, if I don't, no one will, right? Exactly, exactly. If there's anyone that's going to probably do a Sergeant Craig Pittman uh, highlight justice, yeah, it's going to be you. <laughs> I am looking forward try. to that. Looking forward to that indeed. All right, next episode, everybody, as a complimentary episode to this one, the Antonio Anoki episode. Myself and the chaps, we are going to we're going to have a watch along. I would say subject, but for me, I'm gonna have I'm gonna enjoy this one. I'm going to do a watch along. We're all gonna do a watch along of Antonio Anoki versus Muhammad Ali. The champ oh. is here. He's <laughs> here. I am so looking forward to this. Yes, we are going to watch all fifteen rounds of this match. Oh, 15 man. rounds. You know, you know what the worst part is about this? This will be the first Muhammad Ali match I watched mm. from front to back. <laughs> I could have been I could have picked, you know, Thriller in Manila, Rumble in the Jungle. No, I just had to pick a Doki versus Ali. Faced. <laughs> mm. Oh god. That is coming up on the next episode, but until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan. Reardon, Melee, and IQ Wrestler, and this has been the Sweet Chin Wang Podcast. We will see you as always on the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye-bye! Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.